into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch! Hey, Mitch. 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 Hey, do this john thanks for for being here i know um i know that whenever i put something out there uh, either online or in a podcast if uh i don't know it i know that i know i can get good information from you so i'm I'm glad that you're always listening and and you're participating in the geekly radio well, I'm very opinionated, so I'm glad to. <laughs> hey, my... I think that's what one of the staples of making a good geek is, you know, you having an opinion and a passion and, and sticking to it. So that's always good. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, if I know if uh, if I don't know something, I, I, I'll get the information for you. And if I uh, try and um, uh, say something that's not accurate, uh, <laughs> you'll call me on it. So, yeah, but only in a very specific field of like. Information. It's so <laughs> not very super knowledgeable, but I when I know something, I have to share it. I guess. Good. Good. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, I guess in most recent would be uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens or the whole Star Wars franchise in general. Uh, I I put it out there that I wanted to see uh, someone use a lightsaber in live action using a, a, a Zatuichi kind of uh, reverse handle. Style and you said you pointed out that's actually form five. Yes. So, uh, can you elaborate on that any or? Well, in the novelization of Revenge of the Sith and a few other expanded universe uh, source materials, they do go into the different styles. There's seven Jedi styles. Um, I don't have them all memorized. I do remember <laughs> that Mace Windu has a very specific style called Form Seven, which is the pod. It's like V double A P A D. And it's actually really unique because they tied in the fact that his lightsaber is purple to his unique fighting style in that he draws in energy from the dark side. That would be like a red lightsaber and uses it for good for the light side, which is the normally blue lightsaber. And that's how they justify his being purple. And he has a very sort of samurai-like fighting stance, which... It's also probably due to the fact that he was like a 60-something-year-old guy at the time that you were filming and can't really pull off the crazy, you know, Ray Park maneuvers. <laughs> yeah, Form 5 uh, is known as... Um, uh, I lost the name off the top of my head now, but... Um, but it's also like... Uh, I think I've also seen in, in other sources that uh, uh, the whole... Um, Cutting off a limb to disarm a person is actually part of uh, the Jedi fighting style also. Yeah, it's considered to be uh, a less than lethal form of disarming someone, literally. Right, yeah. It's, uh, it's considered to be sort of a par for the course because limb replacement is so commonplace. It's just it's more seen as a mild inconvenience or temporary setback. I guess you know that's true. I didn't think of it that way. I mean, yeah. Luke gets his arm replaced pretty easily and... And uh, Anakin and then as Vader also get their arms replaced. It's like 40% of his body is replaced. <laughs> That's true. For, yeah. So uh, I didn't I didn't even think about it that way. But yeah. Um, you, what did you... So what did you end up thinking of Force Awakens? Well, we were talking about that earlier with my friend. About how we went through this sort of burnout with the prequels. Because we we're so hyped up for them. And then they became somewhat... Uh, disappointing, I suppose. We can go into that later. <laughs> um, so our expectations were more tempered this time around, and I also knew that Abrams was just going to knock it out. No matter what he did, it was going to be, at the very least, entertaining. 
which is the least you can ask for from a movie like this. And I'll give you that. That movie was entertaining. Yeah, and uh, like when I saw him direct the original, the other reboot of Star Trek, I thought to myself, like, man, this would be like a great Star Wars movie because it was more Star Wars than it was Star Trek to begin with. Okay, I mean, can you can you elaborate on that? Like, because well, I, I I guess I don't have the the background in Star Trek uh, that would get me to. to to figure it wasn't Star Trek. Star Trek's always been considered the more hardcore nerd uh, sci-fi show because it was very rooted in actual science. Right. Um, I mean, not, you know, with the leaps in technology notwithstanding, it's still considered to be more um, intellectual. And, um, like, the the space battles are very kind of naval-like. They are. Where, yeah, there isn't really dogfighting in Star Trek. Um there's a sum in, like, I think it was Deep Space Nine when they finally have the big Dominion War and okay. all this other stuff. But then that's that's kind of considered un-Star Trek-like because then you have these big capital warships zipping around and blowing up like they're TIE fighters. But um, So he made a lot of changes to the way Star Trek works, which is much more fast-paced. And a lot of the science just kind of gets blown off to the side with, you know, well, reasons, you know. Uh, I guess that's true. I didn't think about that. I mean, I really enjoyed that J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek movie. Both of them, actually. Yeah, very even. enjoyable. Very enjoyable. But there were a lot of people who were, like, holdouts from the previous Star Trek generation that felt it wasn't very Star Trek-y. Which, it was definitely can a see that. Star Wars-y. I guess Chris Pine kind of comes off a little bit more Han Solo-y than... Captain Kirky, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could call it. <laughs> Captain Kirky should be a genre. That should be a genre. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but I enjoyed that movie. So, I, I, and what I and really enjoyed about that movie was, even though I didn't know the history of Star Trek or I wasn't really familiar with it, is that I still knew what was a Easter egg or what was a callback or what was a. Uh, uh, homage to the original series and the other series to come, like you know the triples that you saw, or the uh, the I don't know other things. That I just remember watching watching and being, oh, that's interesting and that's cool right there. See, that's how you know that Abrams really kind of nailed the formula. Is that people who weren't really versed in it still recognize the things that were sort of icons of the series, the the triples being one of them. Um, the uh, the blue slave girl or no the green slave girl oh that's right who was in the dorm room with him um, yeah there was a lot of references right down to like at the very beginning when you see the they're panning over the the USS Kelvin I believe it was and you hear the the distinctive little ping right it's always playing in the background of the <laughs> 60s show. And, it kind of seemed out of place, but in a way, it kind of just like homed you in. Like this is where you are, and it sets the tone perfectly. I thought. And so, uh, when you when you, like you said, adding that to the Star Wars franchise, you know, he which he even himself said that he was always been a bigger fan of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You knew that he was going to probably take a better care of that property than he did of Star Trek. Not that he did a bad job of Star Trek. Obviously, we we're both saying he did oh, a good yeah. job. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to be JJ in this environment, coming from having the prequels <laughs> to you know surpass. And, and, um, yeah, everybody kept saying if he would have failed, then he would have been known as Jar Jar Abrams from then on. <laughs> I thought that was kind of mean, but anyway. Um. I thought, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, obviously with the box office sales as they are at this point, he's pretty much hit it out of the park. Uh, it's only now set it up for uh, Ryan Johnson to do episode eight. What what What's he going to do? Do you have any speculations off after Force Awakens? So what do you think is going to happen? Well, from some of what I've read already uh, with the screenwriter and what Ryan Johnson say they have planned. Is it Ryan? Is it Ryan? Ryan? I don't know. I, I always said Ryan, but it could be because it's R-I-A-N. Oh, the Looper guy, I guess. Yeah, Looper director. Um, knowing that um, they, now that they no longer have the control, power-hungry freak that you know Lucas was in the day, they have the ability to now kind of take the story where they originally wanted to. Um, you know, they wanted to get really dark in Return of the Jedi. 
But that was at the time when Lucas realized that the real money was in the marketing and in the toys and not so much the movie story itself. And I remember reading something saying that he didn't see any profit in having a, a dead character like Han Solo because Han Solo wanted to die. Well, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah, I've heard that he one, killed yeah. off. He was supposed to kind of go off in a blaze of glory, uh, blowing up the, the shield station. And um, I think the Millennium Falcon was also supposed to blow up. And uh, interestingly enough, it was also supposed to be a battle on Kashyyyk, the Wookiee homeworld. Mm-hmm. Um, but he thought that might be too scary for kids. So instead, he kind of just changed the, the vowels around a little bit. Instead of Wookiees, he made them Ewoks. Wow. Instead of seven <laughs> feet tall, they were three feet tall. But they were still cuddly teddy bears that you'd be able to make a lot of toys out of. A lot of toys off of, yeah. And uh, I know Luke was supposed to disappear at the end, not wanting any of the responsibility of having to pick up the pieces of the Empire. And uh, it seems like that's kind of where they are going in a way. They're sort of course correcting from where they left off. Interesting. So uh, what do you think of, of, of that... Luke is going to be is going to do in the next movie when being on this island by himself. Well, that's going to be really interesting. I'm kind of uh, for some reason I've been watching uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender again, and I'm seeing a lot of shades of the the storyline, kind of um, reminding me of Star Wars. Um, not to mention that Fire Lord Orzai was played by Mark Hamill. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, very distinctive voice. He's like a much more sinister Joker. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm thinking they're going to go in a similar way that Empire went more spiritual than A New Hope. They're going to go in a more dark direction. You're going to see a lot more of the dark side of the Force and what it really means to be Sith and why it's such a threat, why they're so powerful and so hard to get rid of. I think we're going to see more forced visions, maybe even some forced torture. Wow. I believe that the the main bad guy is probably going to really influence people by showing them sort of the worst that can happen and kind of giving them, like, making them give in to their despair and fear that way. Interesting. Well, that you know, that's uh, 2015. We're now in 2016. Mm-hmm. What is it you're looking forward to this year? Oh, man, so much. Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, just in comic book movie way, we have uh, Deadpool first. That's the one. Batman v Superman. Yeah. Uh, Civil War. Suicide Squad. And then Doctor Strange. I don't think I missed... Oh, Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, I think number one I'm looking forward to is Deadpool. I think they got it right this time. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're definitely uh, going to be surprised to see how many people are going to enjoy the fact that it's stuck so close to the comic book. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of unheard of in Hollywood that the same actor gets a, like a second chance to redo character. Um, technically, this could have been his strike three because I also count Green Lantern as one of his big misses <laughs> in the superhero foray. That's true. Uh, you know, I don't know if I could I could fault him for uh, Deadpool in, in at Wolverine Origins, though. It's true. That was not his fault. And, and, and to be fair, I actually think he's the best part of that movie up until they up sew in, his mouth shut. Yeah, exactly. When he's just Wade, yeah. you know, in the, in the flashback, he is uh, he is probably the best part of that movie. I was thinking, man, there should be a movie of just this part here <laughs> only. Like, who cares about Wolverine chopping wood, you know? <laughs> So there you go. There you go. That's uh, that's what uh, I think I'm probably most looking forward to. Thankfully, it's only in February, so yeah, we'll get to see it now. pretty quick. Um, after that, it after doesn't even that, have to be comic book stuff. I mean, is well, there? Oh yeah, mostly comic movies? book movies. I'm what I'm looking forward to right now, as well as um, not looking so much forward to Batman v Superman. I'm sure I'll watch it eventually, but it's just kind of sad watching the trailers back to back when you're watching The Force Awakens. You know. <laughs> And you just you see something like Civil War, and you have these characters that you've gotten to know and watch grow together and bond over several movies and have moments with them. Then you see Batman and Superman. They meet. They don't like each other. They kind of <laughs> you know have a little tussle. Then Wonder Woman pops out of nowhere, apparently. Yeah, just kind of shows up. One of the biggest villains, if that's Doomsday, just kind of 
is plopped in between the three of them, <laughs> which I might add, if that is Doomsday, neither of those two characters were there when Doomsday fought Superman. That's true. They were, I don't know where Batman was. Wonder Woman definitely wasn't there. I think they had like the mid-90s JLA with like, what, Snowfrost or whatever her name was? Uh, yeah. Or, um, was it Killer? No, not Killer Frost. Ice. Ice. Ice yeah. and, Ice, uh, uh, and uh, Fire. Maxima. And uh, Booster and Booster Gold, Guy Gardner, Guy Gardner. <laughs> and uh, Blue Beetle. I and Blue he Beetle. Got his ass beat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's like, yeah, there's uh, obviously, I mean, if it's Doomsday, I mean, Doomsday never have anything shooting out of his eyes either. So mm-hmm. no. Well, well, I I think that it is going to be some form of Doomsday Bizarro thing. That's what they what they did with Zod. Uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. No. Uh, so, I don't know. <laughs> Just, and also the representation. I can kind of smell the desperation coming from DC wanting to build their team universe the way that Marvel has, but starting backwards. Yeah, they're starting they with the, the group movie, and then they're going to go off into their individual uh, yeah, movies. Split them off. I don't know. I think the only way a Justice League movie or series would really work Unfortunately, as if it was kind of a little bit more on the campy side, and you had like the the Hall of Justice with the big round table and the giant <laughs> screen that they all like, right. talk to the whoever the villain of the week is. <laughs> this, this this gritty kind of Nolan verse esque um, Man of Steel just doesn't mesh well for some reason with me with uh, having the realistic Batman. Okay. I, I mean I can see that I, I don't I don't understand where they're gonna really go with uh, the whole Batman uh, universe either as part of this since we just got done with uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman but Spider Man did it I guess Batman can do it too that's, yeah <laughs> that's a good point oh I'm excited about seeing Spider Man in the Marvel verse now too that that is very interesting the fact that we're gonna see that uh, there I mean. For as many stories that we can do in the Marvel U with Spider-Man now in, in the movies, that could be really interesting. And then if we get to see Spider-Man movies with Marvel U characters in them. And I'm dying to see a scene where Tony Stark's like, well, screw you, <laughs> Captain America. I got I found a new buddy. <laughs> I, I could definitely see that happening in this movie. He's gonna. He might be the third science bro, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got a whole trifecta going there. <laughs> now we just need to get the Fantastic Four to come back to the Marvel U, and we can get some really interesting things going. X Men. In the X Men. Uh, well, let me see. What What are their plans with the Fantastic Four now on Fox's side? You know, last I heard, and this was right after Fantastic Four first came out, and it bombed. They said they still planned on making more Fantastic Four movies over at Fox. Because they're just like burning money. Yeah. I think at this point, I think I heard something else where they're like, well, maybe we can think about what, letting the rights go away on this movie. Because, yeah, that's, I mean, you got to imagine they put a lot of money into that Fantastic Four movie and for it to just totally be a, a, a flop like that, it could not, it had to hurt. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking uh, maybe by like 2025, like Marvel will have the rights back to everyone, and they can have Secret Wars finally. <laughs> that would be a huge movie yeah. to do Secret Wars. Uh, wow, that'd be a Lord of the Rings style undertaking. Who would you like to see cast as, as Mr. Fantastic? Oh, uh, let's see. I know back mm. in the day, if they would have done it in. The 90s or late 90s, I would have liked to seen uh, Richard Dean Anderson, MacGyver. I think he would have been. That would have been a great choice. Yeah. <laughs> good, Mister Fantastic. If we're doing early 90s, then no, um, it would be now. Like now, okay. Now we're you know maybe 2000 between now and 2020. Now 2020. Hmm. Well, I don't. He can't be too old. He has to be still somewhat kind of young, but he's got to have that peppering on the side. I think he just he just has to have that feeling of being mature, right? Yeah, because he's not a silly character like the Jessica Alba versions of the Fantastic yeah. Four, like Ian Gruff- Gruffud. Groofer. Yeah, I mean, once he started doing that, like stretch dancing, they lost me. <laughs> I'm like, no. That between that one and Spider Man Three, I'm like, what's with the dancing? What's with these people? I guess that's that's what they see yeah. uh, superheroes as. They're either 
either uh, fighting criminals or dancing strange. Yeah, they they, they saw. Uh, so you think you can dance? Is doing good on the ratings. So <laughs> That's right. It's the step up movies yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, you got served movies. Oh, there you go, Channing Tatum. Ooh, <laughs> well, we're always that we're always supposed to get him as Gambit, and he's supposed to. I think that's supposed to be by the end of next this year. Yeah, last I heard, they were kind of flip flopping on that. Yeah, they like, had to, I think they had to push it back a couple of times uh, because uh, they lost directors and they lost writers. That's never a good sign. No, <laughs> that's not a good sign. From what I know, a little especially bit. now with you know the way that comic book movies are going, superhero movies, everybody wants to be a part of them because they make money. Unless they're the Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they make money, uh, you know, so everybody wants to be a part of them at this point. But if if you got directors just like, oh, no, I don't think I can I can do this, that's, uh, that's not good. No. Well, it seems like the biggest hurdle they have sometimes, like with Marvel and the, the um, Ant-Man fiasco, was that uh, Edgar Wright didn't want to relinquish control and they were kind of trying to shoehorn in some stuff to make them tie into the the other Marvel U. So I can see that, but that's also why they hire kind of for, um, like for Star Wars. That's one of the reasons why they have somewhat lesser known directors doing them, I think, is because they know they're talented, but they're also young enough that they probably will give in to, you know, right, studio they're gonna, Yeah, the studio is still be able controllable. To push them yeah, you wouldn't be able to get a James Cameron in there or a Nolan. <laughs> or Spielberg. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I get that. Uh, sometimes I wish they would pick a little bit more seasoned directors. Like, I don't know how Colin Trevorrow is going to do with episode nine. Uh, I mean, coming off of uh, Jurassic World, does he have a movie that's going to be out between. Uh, that and, and now? Well, between them, I would say that the biggest hurdle is going to be the script. As long as you have a decent script. Trevor is a decent director. I mean, Jurassic World wasn't badly directed. It just kind of didn't really have heart because it was, <laughs> I mean, it was a soft reboot of the first Jurassic Park that I feel like relied too much on nostalgia in the wrong way. Exactly. Whereas, like, The Start, Force Awakens yeah. had, like I said, they... Abrams just had the right combination of old with new and also added to it. You know, there wasn't really anything added to Jurassic World at the end of it. They're kind of right back to where they started at the last movie, which is, well, now the park's no more, no, no good anymore because they got <laughs> loose. You know, now what? Yeah, what are they going to do for the sequel that yeah, they're planning I mean, on making? I mean, and the, it was kind of a misnomer to call it Jurassic World unless you had the franchises all over, you know? Like, they didn't have Euro Jurassic Park. Or, <laughs> you know, like, I guess that was just their way of trying to be like, well, we're bigger than the last park that totally screwed up. Which I thought was weird that they didn't, like, they didn't use the old buildings that Jurassic Park had. Like, those were just crumbling and off on its own and on the island. Yeah, you would think that that would be, like, half the work's already done. Yeah, the structure's there. <laughs> but did you ever hear about the script that was supposed to be the original treatment for Jurassic World? No. It involved, um, and they kept some elements of this, but not to the extreme. It involved human-dinosaur hybrids. Wow. They still had, like, a... Indominus Rex type character like some huge dinosaur and I think it was actually a bunch of different ones and in order to go after them the heroes the you know humans teamed up with like five human dinosaur hybrids and there's there's concept art if you look it up online of like a dude standing next to like a T-Rex and a Triceratops guy wearing like camo and like gear like <laughs> I mean, they had guns and stuff. It looked I, crazy. It looked like Bebop and Rocksteady. I can't believe that. That's uh, It was pretty gnarly. That's I'm pretty like, incredible. That would have been a crazy movie to greenlight. That's what I figured the next Jurassic World is going to be. It's going to be outer space. They built a park <laughs> on the moon. They have human-dinosaur hybrids. And the, that's where you, you fly to the moon to see the, the space. So now, not only do you have to worry about the dinosaurs getting out, you got to worry about your air running out, too. Mm. <laughs> no, they, they want to terraform to the more Jurassic type weather. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> are you are you watching anything on TV right now? Because I'm watch. I just got done watching the Expanse, the four episodes that were on. I have not watched the Expanse. Uh, I'm a little behind on Badlands. I only saw like the first 
episode, but I want to see more. I finished that series off. Where I thought it was pretty good. I think they, they are only going to do the eight episodes for the series this mm. season. Let's see. Uh, I'm all caught up with Flash. That's currently my favorite show. Uh, really like where they're going with that one. I'm really curious. Uh, I've heard you guys talking theories about who Zoom is. Okay, do you and have an idea? I, I have, a, have theory. a theory. This is a crazy theory. It's probably the more out there theories that you could come up with. But I have a theory that it is um, John Wesley Ship. Okay. Um, but not as the Flash's father from Earth 2 or whatever it right. is that they're from. I think it's John Wesley Ship. Ask the Flash from the 1990s, from the 1990s show. show. <laughs> wow, if they did that, that'd be pretty incredible. Yeah, and that would be awesome if they could tie that in. Because <laughs> he's, he's you know, he looks like his dad, but that's because he's the Barry Allen, and basically insinuating that um, this Barry Allen would grow up to look like John Wesley Ship. And something went wrong. I mean, we know that that Flash also traveled through time. I think he went to the future at some point. Yep. And um, something must have gone wrong. I mean, we like they only finished one season. I You're don't right. remember if it ended on the cliffhanger or not. But mm, uh, no, it, it didn't. Yeah. It was the trial of uh, the the trickster in the end of the first oh, yeah, season, Mark Hamill. So um, I think somewhere along the line, maybe his speed force got corrupted. And, I uh, like that theory. That's pretty awesome. And yeah, and he's gonna fight him, and he's gonna think, "Oh, you're my dad." It's like, no, I'm you, or something. You're right. You know? but I, I'm Barry. I like that. Yeah, and I mean, and like I said, like because it's a different Earth, but there's still a lot of like overlaps that also could explain why um, the Doctor, I forget her name, from the original oh, Flash, uh, Tina McGee. Yes, why she's in this one as well. Like she's just this Earth's version of Tina McGee. Right. She is, and and that could totally be. Wow, dude! If that happened, I would I will give you props because that is that is incredible. Because if you think about it too, then this is the only thing that makes me think of that theory being like having any weight whatsoever. The trickster is in both of those universes, right? But in this current Flash's timeline or dimension, this trickster never had any run-ins with the Flash before. He right. was just like an anarchist. Who eventually got caught and put in jail. Right. Whereas in the other one, he had dealings with... The Flash. The Flash, yeah. But by all intents and purposes, it's... I mean, it's literally the same guy. <laughs> it literally yeah. is. In, in, like, every sense of the word. So, I don't know. I think that would... That would blow my mind. <laughs> I thought, like, that is the craziest thing I've ever thought of in something like this. And if it happened to be true, that would be so awesome. I mean, look, they've, they've already established that there's time travel. Mm-hmm. They've done it twice now. Uh, once in the first season of The Flash, and second time in the second season of The Flash when he was teaming up with Ollie. Yeah. And they've already established that there's multiple dimensions and multiple Earths. Mm-hmm. So why not there be a Earth 3 where the John Wesley Ship uh, Flash show actually happened, or that was the <laughs> actual world. Yeah. And, you know, it mirrors a lot of what happens in our world. Or the world that we watch, and and now he, he and something definitely went wrong, mm-hmm. and he's now the the uh, zoom, and he's trying to suck up all the all the all the speed force he can. Maybe he thinks he's going to correct something. Maybe he just wants to be the the penultimate Flash. Yeah, I like your theory about like comparing it to the one that Jet Li movie. That was pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah. That was one of the things I thought too. Is like, what if every time he kills a speedster? There's more speed force for him to absorb because now there's someone less using it. Exactly. Like there's a finite amount, so you can only have so many. <laughs> the less there are, yeah. See, and then you know, once you know, it, and as we saw on the, I think the last episode before the Christmas break of the Flash, we have Wally West. So you know, Wally will eventually get some of the speed force. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get any of the other speedsters from the DCU. Jesse Quick, Johnny Quick, uh, Max Mercury. We already have Jay Garrick, uh, Bart mm-hmm. Allen from the future. These all people that could that could get the speed for like maybe our Barry would be like, oh, I can't take all this on, or I'll be just as bad as Zoom. So he spreads it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, Jay Garrick has so far been sadly underused. Very sadly I underused. I mean, like when that hat came through, then the season finale last time, I'm like, holy shit. That's- <laughs> 
I know, I know, I did the exact same thing. I cheered. I was like, yes, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but, you don't uh, get that kind of fan service these days. You, know? you, you don't, except for in these shows. You yeah, know, the, yeah. these guys between Arrow, Supergirl, and this show, they're doing a lot of fan service. You know, and I gotta say, yeah, like that's what I don't get. DC is just nailing it on the TV front. Like I, I've kind of lost interest in Angels of Shield because I don't know. It feels like Marvel Universe light. Whereas I can see that. I feel like the shows actually are putting their time in to, to kind of expand and put some weight into their universe. Yes. So it'll be a real shame if they never tie those into the movies. And I think that's unfortunate with the way they're going to go. Unless we get some giant Crisis on Infinite Earths oh, crossover between geez. the movies and the TV shows. Wow. Yeah. That, could be, that could be crazy. I doubt it would ever happen, but that could be crazy. Um. Yeah. No. I, I. I see what you're saying with Agents of Shield. I personally am enjoying it still. Uh, I. I like the fact that it's that Agents of Shield specifically is supplemental to the movies. Mm-hmm. It's. It takes the movies and it. It expands those universes. Yes, it's not doing. It doesn't. If it was just a show on its own, it probably wouldn't do as well. But. That's why I like it. Yeah, it's kind of piggybacking off of the. Whereas the success. the Netflix Marvel shows don't piggyback off the. Oh, the that's Marvel a movies. whole different beast, right there. That is a completely different yeah. beast. Those... That's when you take out the limitations of. Uh, of censorships, and, yeah, and marketing, marketing, and all that stuff. Yeah, like when you can just do whatever you want. Like you're your own limit. That's wow. Daredevil was pretty amazing. I only got to see the first few episodes before I lost my account, unfortunately. And I'm sadly behind Jessica Jones, but I've read all about her, and I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. Well, yeah, you definitely have to get a, get a chance to to get back up there and watch and check those shows out because, yeah, Daredevil, you know, amazing show, and season two is just going to be even better. And Jessica Jones was incredible. I think the fact that they have two great actors as their villains, and I am not one of the people that says that. Uh, the, the, the movies or the shows are only as good as their villains because I think the heroes make up a lot of that. They're the people you want to watch, mm-hmm. which is what you get with Flash. You want to watch because of because of Barry Allen, I would assume. But uh, these two villains, between Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin and David Tennant as the Purple Man, were just killing it, to put it any a better, not putting it a better yeah. way. Pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. The Flash definitely owes a lot of its charm to Cisco. I have to say, Cisco. Yes, yeah, Cisco is my favorite character. Yeah, that guy is awesome. <laughs> you know, every geeky thing that comes out of his mouth, and then every time he he nails uh, naming one of the bad guys, it's just it's perfect. I'm always on the lookout for what shirt he's wearing next. You know, like oh, that's a Big Bang <laughs> reference right there, or something. You know, I hadn't been doing that throughout the season, no. but I did. I did see the uh, rock paper scissors lizard spot. Yeah, shirt. that one. So I thought that was pretty. He incredible. had an Inspector Space Time one once. Did he? I think so. Oh, that's incredible because that's not even like that's not uh, uh, CBS or Warner Brothers. That oh, no, yeah, community that's is community NBC. Is, so that's yeah. that's incredible that he would have that. Uh, has he made Doctor Who references? Uh, no, but I did notice when you guys mentioned that the weather wand kind of looked like a sonic screwdriver. It, that was my first thought, too. <laughs> it did. Know, it looked like, a lot like a, yeah. a sonic screwdriver, which is funny. It probably doesn't work on wood. Are, are, did you watch? Do you watch Doctor Who? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, I kind of lost interest about halfway through the 11th Doctor. He just didn't really do it for me. Okay. But I kind of feel like the ninth and 10th Doctors form like a really kind of self-contained arc. They do. They really and, do. Um, yeah, because in a way, like, the 11th Doctor was sort of a reboot, you know, like, because, you know. Yeah, because then we got Moffat now instead of David O. Russell or David T. Russell's. Yeah. And, Russell um, T. Davies, that's his name, not David Russell, Russell. T. Davies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other guy. Was, yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, he kind of, but it, I think he's been doing a lot to reincorporate a lot of, uh, nine and ten back into the show yeah i got excited too uh what was it the day of the doctor um when they bring back tenant and they show the war doctor yeah and they make just like the most offhand remark towards captain jack right because it was his uh vortex manipulator Uh, you know uh those three episodes was it the the name of the doctor the day of the doctor and then the time of the doctor i thought were really 
really good episodes, yeah. in, in my opinion. Um, this... End of time, for my money, is like, geez, you just can't ask for better than that. Oh, God, that's such a great episode. Yeah, like, that, that got me a little misty-eyed, and I don't, <laughs> I don't do that easily. So I was like, whoa. Uh, th- so I take it then you haven't watched a lot of The Twelfth Doctor? No, um, I've seen... A couple, well, I saw all of his first season, and I, he's not really connecting with me. Okay. Um, I saw the most recent uh, Christmas special with uh, River Song. Oh, I love that And episode. I thought that was a good episode because it gave her something to do, right. like some closure, because she kind of just got written off, and um, she wasn't even in the finale for the 11th, which I thought was kind of a shame. Like, yeah, it was, that all was about, a shame. Um, Amy Pond, so... Um, uh, I did notice is what's her name not on there anymore? Clara. Yeah, she died in. Well, she di- died, but then she didn't die, which is kind of what happens a lot with with Doctor yeah. Who. Uh, she kind of made the Doctor forget about her. So like how uh, you know Tennant made Donna forget about him. Oh yeah, she made the Doctor forget about her. Yeah, that was so lame. <laughs> it's like that was your Donna. <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, his last episode, bef- or Capaldi's last episode of this recent season before the Christmas episode, I thought was really good too. His, I have a hard time connecting with Capaldi too. I think, um, I think, I understand that he's he's supposed to be a lot more like some of the older Doctors, the pre, uh, new Who, I guess you could say, pre pre uh, Ninth Doctor. Yeah, but he reminds me a lot of like a combination of first two doctors yeah he's got like this weird detachment from everything but yeah he also has sort of this manic energy at the same time he he does and then there's times i I think i just feel like they they tried to it was too much of a turn like in the character Mm -hmm. between after after tenant and then matt smith and then all of a sudden you kind of there's a really big shift for people who aren't maybe familiar with all 50 years of Doctor Who, you know, which would be me. I, I've gone back and watched a lot of the older episodes, but mm-hmm. I, the newer episodes I really enjoy more. So I, I just feel that he was, he's too abrasive. Yeah, annoying, I would say. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, his inconsistency is not endearing to me, and I think he kind of flip-flops back and forth between gravitas and kind of buffoonery yeah a little more so than the others and like this this whole this whole past season every episode i don't i want to say almost every episode he had a guitar out like i (laughs) I don't i get it in the first like episode of the season because they were they were doing this thing with his character and it it was it was funny but like every episode after that it's just you're it feels like you're pandering to me now you're trying to be like, oh, well, we're going to make him a little bit younger and a little hipper. He's got an electric guitar. He's trying to be Giles from Buffy. He's going to bust out some who. <laughs> that would make a good doctor, actually. You know, I wouldn't. I think he would be a good doctor. Yeah. Uh, I think the last time I saw him was in a Doctor Who episode, though. Yeah, he was in the episode where... Um... they He was like the gargoyle vampire thing that was yeah. the head of the school that... It was where they brought back, uh, what Sarah, was it, Sarah something? Sarah, um, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane, yeah. That's right. That was. Oh, no, I saw him in that uh, Legion TV show that was on on sci-fi. But the one with the different alien races? <sighs> was it, no, no, that was a, that was, I don't know what that was, I forgot what that was called. A different one. It's not on anymore, probably. No, I don't think it is. No, it's the one that was based off that movie with uh, Paul Bettany as a, as the angel. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I forget. Oh, what... so basically the prophecy light. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So oh, he was man. on that. It was it was the TV series that was supposed to expand on that universe. Speaking of which, when you guys finally do your VHS gems or whatever that one's going to be called, you got to do the prophecy. I wouldn't mind doing that. that I have never great. seen the prophecy. You've never seen the prophecy. I've never. Oh, I've man. heard so many people talk about it, but I've never watched it. Viggo Mortensen plays like the coolest Satan ever. Viggo Mortensen, yeah. In the in the first prophecy, I yeah. know there's like four of them, isn't I, there? Yeah, I think it's only the first one. Okay. Yeah, he plays just like the coolest, most slithery Satan. <laughs> I mean, like, so wait, who is who is Christopher Walken? Christopher then? Walken is the Archangel Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Christopher Walken is an angel. Yeah, I yeah. thought he well, was a, uh, the devil or a demon or something. No, he's he's kind of a fallen angel. The the, the short version of the story is um, 
like there's a war in heaven between like the believers in God and the ones who think that uh, he basically sold out the angels for humans. Um, like they insult humans every chance they get. Like you hairless ape. <laughs> you know, this sounds like a weird Planet that, of the Apes reference. That but. sounds like uh, that sounds a lot like how the angels treat uh, humans in, in Supernatural. Do you watch Supernatural? No, I haven't seen that one. Uh, okay, uh, I think all the Tumblr girls kind of scared me away. From <laughs> <it>. <laughs> hey, look, I was watching that before <laughs> Tumblr was a thing, so I'm allowed. Right. I'm right. grandpa in. All right, that's cool. that's cool. I'll give it a shot eventually, but whenever a show gets into like 12 seasons, I start to be like, oh, it's an undertaking. I know, you know. Oh, dude, that's true. It's it's that uh-huh. is an undertaking, and this is like. When they're still doing 22 episodes a season. So 11 seasons, yeah. 22 episodes. That's a lot of watching. That's some binging right there. <laughs> no, but it's actually a cool story. And I really like it. Because it's got that real cool kind of late 80s, night, early 90s action movie vibe. Where you can still kind of get away with a crazy plot like that. For a nice. decent budget. Nice. So there's like a war in heaven. Um, there's good angels and bad angels. The good angels are on God's side. The bad angels think that. God kind of basically just the argument that Loki and Bartleby have in, in Dogma. Okay. <laughs> and it was like, you know, he gave them all this and for what, you know? And so, so that they, they can say they don't believe in him. And... Yeah. So um, they, uh, Archangel Gabriel, um, I guess there's sort of a stalemate. If uh, you, you haven't really seen Star Trek too much, but there's a Star Trek uh, Voyager episode okay. where the Q are at war. Oh, wow. The, because yeah. I've watched a little bit of Next Generation at this point, and I know what uh, you know Q is. Yeah, the Q, the the whole like, there's a whole race of Q, and they're all called Qs, which makes it confusing. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're at war, but they're at a stalemate because they're so powerful that there's no advantage. Like they're basically just slaughtering each other with no real progress, and that's kind of what's going on in heaven um, until they realize they could start taking the souls of like really messed up humans. And, um, you know, because humans can, can think of things and, and they can do things that angels can't even think of because they weren't given that kind of, you know, autonomy right. and free will. So they basically go on a mission on Earth to find the most messed up humans they can in order to fight for them or uh, protect those humans to keep the other side from getting them. And uh, so... Um, Christopher Walken plays the Archangel Gabriel, and that's his mission. Is he's they're like in New Mexico or somewhere. I mean, it's kind of a small town, so right. that's that's where their budget had to go. <laughs> and um, yeah, so they're they're looking for like they're they're preferring cemeteries, looking for you know some dead general, and because I guess his soul is still inside his body. I guess interesting. Yeah, that was oh I guess that was one of the issues is that while the war was going on like the bodies were not were, were basically staying put like they weren't going anywhere the or the souls were, right. the souls of the body. And um, Elias Codias was the the good guy in the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, Casey Jones. I love that guy. <laughs> and, um, I, lo- I love that for a whole generation. It doesn't matter how many different <laughs> roles that guy does. He's always gonna be Casey Jones. I know he was uh, the brother-in-law in uh, Look Who's Talking, and he yep. was that detective in <laughs> Let Me that Let Me In. Yep, he'll always be Casey. Jones. He'll always be Casey Jones. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's kind of sort of the basis of the story. And uh, I, I guess he plays a, a fallen priest, or like. The day he was supposed to make his vows to be a priest, that's when like his faith failed him. Mm. And so now he's just kind of like a private investigator or something. And um, yeah, at some point he gets approached by Viggo Mortensen as Satan and just delivers the coolest line. Viggo Mortensen or Elias? Uh, Viggo Mortensen. Okay. He says, come on, join my side. I'll love you more than Jesus. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was just like... Dang, that's a compelling argument. That is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's definitely a classic. I, I will, will definitely have to give that one a, a try then. Um, yeah. But on the if, list. If not for VHS Gems, for myself, I would have to see that. Yeah, it's, it's classic. But yeah, you can kind of skip the rest. They go down in quality. <laughs> you can tell it's one of those where, well, that one worked, let's do more. And then it's just kind of... And, you, and you're right, the Legion movie with Paul Bettany is definitely a... a, a Prophecy Light, then. <laughs> I've seen Legion, and that sounds a lot like it. You know what I thought when I first saw Legion? I know we're kind of going off now on tangents, but that's, that's still pretty funny. That's what we're supposed um, to do here. When I first saw the trailer for Legion, I'm like, that reminds me of the Tales from the Crypt movie. 
Oh, uh, Demon Knight? Demon Knight, yeah. I love Demon Knight. Demon Knight is so awesome. <laughs> Billy Zane and, oh, and William yeah. Sattler. Oh, yeah, that movie's great. Just, I love the mythology that movie built. It's so cool. Like, that could have been a series. Oh, know? definitely. They t- they could have definitely seen that as a series. And then the next one was uh, Bordello, of, Bordello Blood, of Blood, which Tennis Miller. <laughs> yeah, Tennis Miller, right? It kept the. Uh, the, the the thing that she kept that the blood was being kept in, but it didn't keep any of the story points. No, and then they destroyed it like right away. So I was like, oh, I guess that's done with. <laughs> no more protecting yourself from demons. I, I guess. mean, it makes sense because it's Tales of the Crypt, and Tales of the Crypt is all about anthology and a different story in every episode and stuff. But it would have been nice to see a, a expansion on the Demon Knight story, yeah. like see more Demon Knights. You know, you familiar with the Full Moon movies? No, full what's moon, the Full Moon no. movies? They were direct-to-video movies in the late 80s, early 90s. If you've heard of things like Puppet Master, uh-huh. um, that was one of them. There was one, I can't remember what it was called. It was probably called The Bloodstone. That had to do with, um, you know, typical horror movie plot. Uh, somebody inherits, like, a castle from a long-distant <laughs> relative. They show up, and it turns out that the relatives are still alive, and they're vampires. And there's, like, this little race of miniature vampires that are stop-motion, that are really funky-looking. Really? But there was a thing in there that was like, I think it was called the Bloodstone. And it was sort of like that object in Demon Knight. Okay. It was like, it was like miraculously generating blood all the time so they didn't have to kill humans. It was pretty interesting. It was a cool movie. And then the, it makes it through the different Full Moon movies? Like it's an uh, object or? I think it was just that one. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, Full Moon, man. You definitely have to look into those. <laughs> I can't recommend Full Moon enough. <laughs> I will have to. I will have to watch that then. That's interesting. You know what we watched the other day? What's that? Which I was really surprised was Return of the Killer Tomatoes. And oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. With uh, John Aston. John Aston. Yeah. yeah, John Aston's the bad guy, and George Clooney is the uh, su- supporting lead male. Yeah, I remember that. You know what's funny is that. Um, I found out about the cartoon before I knew there were movies about that. I remember watching the cartoon yeah, before, the, yeah, and, before I knew they had about that movies. one, the fuzzy tomato that the blonde girl carried around. <laughs> that was funny. And then I went back and watched the movies. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's nothing like the cartoon. And no, I don't think it was. It's nothing like the cartoon. But no, we were, we watched it, and I was floored by how much I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> you ever notice there was a trend in the early '90s to make cartoons out of just straight up r-rated movies you know what i think i remember something like that there was uh there was the toxic crusader okay or a toxic avenger well that was the name of the cartoon the toxic crusaders oh okay it was toxie and then there was like a bunch of other mutants too there was a dude that had a huge nose a guy that was part dog i mean it was weird there was one that (laughs) um gee they think it was like two people fused together it was really bizarre and I saw those first, so I mean, naturally, when I found out there were movies, you wanted I to go back and up, watch them, yeah. And I was way too young to watch those <laughs> movies. <laughs> oh, the holy crap! That guy got his head crushed. <laughs> oh man, it was it was. Uh, you know, the first time I was introduced to like Toxic Avenger and the the trauma movies because they used to play late night on uh, Cinemax on Friday nights. Hmm. They used to have trauma movies on, and I was like, "This is so weird and out there." <laughs> And I couldn't believe that these type of movies were being made, but that's that's also like I think I remember watching like a lot of the low rent horror movies that I've I'd seen too, where where Mm -hmm. was uh, like uh, Cinemax. Oh yeah, I think I saw Chuds on uh, HBO (laughs) late one night in the late eighties. Yeah, and uh, oh, what was that? What Basket Case? Basket Case. I don't think I remember that. Oh man, that one was. Freaky! It was a, a dude that had a conjoined twin that actually could separate from his body. Ew! And it was like it looked like a slug or something. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a time period where I was left to my own devices a lot, and I would watch like USA Up All Night. Oh, I used to love USA Up All <laughs> yeah. Night. Yeah. And uh, I remember at one point too, they used to have a guy that reminded me a lot of the comedian as a host from uh, Watchmen. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a mask, and he always had a cigar, and he was real snarky, and he'd read viewer mail. <laughs> kind of like before Joe Bob Briggs, like this guy right, was right. sort of doing the same thing. Because I remember Gilbert Godfrey doing Up All Night. Yeah, And then there was too. a lady. Oh, yeah. Some random bimbo. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'd watch movies like uh, 
It's Alive, the one it's with alive. The, the killer babies. And the, <laughs> prophecy, the other prophecy movie where it's like a mutated bear in the like California Redwoods or something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> those some bizarre movies, the, man. Those Piranha, were some strange movies. Piranha 2, which holds the distinction of being what, James Cameron's first movie? Yep, that's, that's right. awesome, yeah. <laughs> it just goes to show even the like greatest people have some lowly stars. No, they had to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is hilarious. Um, oh, you made me think. Oh, did you ever see Freaked with uh, Alex Winter, Bill from Bill and Ted's? Uh, no. Well, it, describe it. I might. So, have. Freaked is him and um, uh, uh, Randy Quaid. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, uh, Alex Winter is this. He's a Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. And him and his assistant and. His best friend are on this. They're taking a road trip to whatever his next filming location is. They get into a car accident. They end up on this farm, which apparently is a remake. It's kind of, not a remake, but it's kind of a spoof of this old fifty movie, fifties movie called uh, Freaks. But he ends up. They end up on this farm where Randy Quaid is this, this farmer, and he uh, he does these like uh, experiments to them to change them. So. Uh, Alex Winter is like half monster, half himself, <laughs> and his assistant and his best friend end up being uh, sewn together. And then there's a Mr. T is in the movie, and he's like a he's a he's a bearded lady kind of thing. And <laughs> there's a dude that's turned into a giant slug or giant worm, but it's funny movie. Yeah, and it's very strange. I was gonna say I, I, somehow that sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm sure I've come across it, but I I can't picture it in my head. But yeah, everything you're describing is like. Yeah, this is all in there somewhere. I know it, in the recesses of my mind. Exactly. It's all in there in the recesses of the brain. Yeah. That's what, no, that's what uh, uh, made me think about when you were talking about the uh, conjoined twins and then uh, it's got to do with the giant nose. You ever watch From Beyond? No. Oh, man. I believe that's the. It's based on like a. What's the name of the guy, Lovecraft, that does the Cthulhu? HP yeah. Lovecraft? Yes. Um, it's very. Lovecrafty, and basically a dude creates like an interdimensional portal in his basement, and um, it's kind of a combination of different elements. But basically, it lets a lot of bad stuff out. Oh, okay. It's uh, yeah, it's um, and it it also like mutates the guy, turns him into like a giant, um, like hard to describe but like rapey sex slug would be a good way to put it <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a uh, uh, hellraiser yeah there was it's very similar except that i don't think it's so supernaturally inclined i think it's literally supposed to be like a different dimension where that's just like the status quo oh okay um but there's a lot to be said about that i love the hellraiser from movies. beyond i believe it's from beyond okay. yes i'd have to look it up I didn't the hell <laughs> so okay before we get any further, do you have you seen Cabin in the Woods? Oh yeah, love it. Love okay, because yeah. you know that, that there's a I mean that has a lot of like Cthulhu Lovecraftian uh, gods in it. A lot of it, inside references. A know. lot of inside references to other horror movies. So I just what did what you were gonna say about Hellraiser though? Oh no, yeah, yeah. just Hellraiser's like like the first two or two of the best movies I've ever seen <laughs> in some, my young that's young age. Some scary. Yeah, stuff for awesome, a young man. kid. I mean, like, you, just, you just can't compare. You can't make movies like that these days. You know? like, <laughs> studio would be like, all right, but it's got to be PG thirteen. Like, no, it's, oh, it's, you can't do that. It's got to be PG thirteen, and can we sell some toys based off? Yeah, of and I mean, and they do make toys off of that stuff now. Yeah, anyway, but yeah. that's like McFarlane toys, and they're not really toys. They're kind of just things that you're going to hold on to and never play with. Yeah, I bought a whole series of his uh, horror masters of horror. Uh, it wasn't those. It was like his own. Um, it was like an offshoot of the Hellraiser series. Oh, okay. Um, their name escapes me off the top of my head right now. I'm very scatterbrained, as you can probably tell. But, um, yeah, like, there were these really bizarre creatures, like, uh, and they look very much like Cenobites. I mean, okay. Like, there was the one dude I got, his name was the Scythemeister. And, uh, so he had, like, these giant spikes coming out of his back, and, like, the face, the, the skin on his face was stretched out and, like, oh, pinned wow. to, like, boards. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and what I liked about him is that they would come, who was it, Clyde Barker that wrote those? Right. Um, they would come, each figure came with, like, its own chapter. 
that and Clive to, wrote. Yeah, and to get the full story, you have to have all the figures. Um, uh, something tortured, tortured souls. That's what it was. Oh, the tortured souls figures. They they showed them once on Comic Book Men. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, you could get the whole series, and it was just. Like, the stories were kind of worth it in and of themselves. Because, I mean, they described, like, this Mesopotamian, like, area. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, one of the main characters grew up near a vomitorium. So he always had plenty to eat, you know. <laughs> like, what is this? Wow. <laughs> this really paints a picture. It really does. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of mis- mystical, deserty stuff in there. Which, I mean, I can relate to growing up around here. Yes. <laughs> I was like, the vomitorium's probably like the back of the Denny's or something. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> What's, I mean, uh, what, do you think that they could, literally, do you think they could do a, a Hellraiser type of movie nowadays? They can, but the problem is the studio system, I believe. Um, I mean, we almost got a pretty decent thing reboot, remake, okay. sequel. Technically, sequel, it's all prequel. three. Prequel, yeah, prequel. Um, but like, if you see the behind-the-scenes stuff of how everything was like with puppets and they looked pretty cool, but then the finished product had like unnecessary CGI that made it look really cartoony and fake. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why? You know, like, why can't they just believe that it'll be fine? You know, with how it was you know like the original things holds up so well these days and um because it uses practical i think i mean yeah there's a couple parts where you could tell it's a fake head but you know there's just a a certain level of disbelief i mean you just kind of have to go with the moment you know true once it sprouts legs and starts crawling then you're like okay i'm in (laughs) that's cool but but on the other end of the spectrum you had the uh, reboot remake of The Evil Dead, which was like ninety percent practical effects, and that didn't do well. Um, I think that's because the that particular type of horror humor is just not in right now. To be honest, fair enough. I mean, I, like, I, don't, I don't really feel like they went with a lot of the humor side of the original Evil Dead with this remake, but uh, but it, you're I, right. I feel it's kind of implied by how over the top it is. True. I mean, it was there was so much blood at some point. <laughs> it's like I was watching. Like when she rips her hand off. <laughs> I mean, at at some point, it's like the ent- everything is red, isn't it? Like at yeah. some point, it's just like all you're seeing is red. <laughs> I was like, they went the opposite direction that Kill Bill did by making things less bloody by going black and white for a few minutes. You know, like it was like, no, we're gonna show you everything. <laughs> and like, I feel like there was a point in the uh, early to mid 80s where you could do horror and comedy at the same time and it worked i mean you had gremlins you had ghostbusters um you had things like they live which i feel was definitely yeah that's definitely yeah (laughs) (laughs) when you have two guys start sit there and start like pro wrestling fighting in an alley at one point in the movie yeah there's definitely comedy in there. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum i mean (laughs) that's classic you don't do that if it's not for a laugh you know right but, uh, yeah, then eventually that kind of went away to, I don't know, like more gritty uh, horror. And then eventually now we're at this place where you don't really... I feel like the last good horror movie I saw was Event Horizon. Oh, wow. And I love that movie. Yeah. I mean, that's so a great was, movie. I mean, great, take the, yeah. the tropes of a haunted house film and put it in space just yeah. and worked out that, so well. That multidimensional thing which pops up so much in those kinds of movies. Right. I mean, like, it's great. You know, it's awesome that it's... So you wouldn't consider uh, Cabin in the Woods a horror movie? Um, see, I consider that one to be a genre-defying movie. You're right. It, it's got elements of horror in it, but it's it feels more like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of movie. <laughs> I mean, if you think about them going into the basement and how many different ways they could have chosen which way it went, mm-hmm. it makes me think this would have been perfect for some kind of augmented reality thing where you could choose which way they go. And that, you see the different ways it could have panned out. If you if you could turn that into a video game, yeah. that would have been incredible. And speaking of which, the, did you catch the reference to uh, Left 4 Dead in there? No. There was supposed to be a tie-in with Left 4 Dead. There was supposed to be a level you could play that took place in the cabin that led you into that sub-basement area and then into the facility. Really? And, uh, yeah, they even went so far as to put the, uh, I believe it was the witch and... Uh, 
what was the name? The puker guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, were both in those boxes if you, like, know when to oh, freeze from it. Oh, nice. And that was supposed to be, like, their tie-in, but that never panned out for whatever reason. I don't know. I wonder what. Maybe just the movie just didn't do well enough, Well, I Valve guess. was probably too busy working on Half-Life 3. <laughs> if that ever comes yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why. You know, they put <laughs> exactly. their resources yeah. into that instead. Uh, that's, you know, I, I never knew that, but that's that's pretty good... good uh, trivial fact there. Yeah. Well, this you should know about me. I spend a lot of my work hours going through IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine your work might not want to know that. <laughs> well, my free time, I should say. There my go. free time. <laughs> I get a lunch and two breaks by law. There you go, and and use it all for going through IMDb. Yeah, that's, I, that's... I do the same. I try whenever I watch a, a, something new, I try. And, Check out as much information as I can. So I, I, I'm glad there are other crazies out there like me. Yeah, but to go back to it, um, yeah, it's not so much horror. Um, it's I think it's it's not quite a comedy, but I would say it's definitely very funny. Um, oh yeah. If anything, I would say it's like a just some kind of meta movie event. Where I guess that's true. I, I guess it's like its own genre and yeah. meta meta ness like that. And uh, there needs to be more movies like that, but. You have to have a different hook. Otherwise, you just remake the same movie. You're right. Um, I think another one that I thought was kind of similar to that in its meta-ness was Tucker, ver- Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I have not seen that one, I have to say. You should, get, uh, you should give that a try. If you like... Is that anything like X versus Sever? No. <laughs> no. No, we don't talk about that terrible movie around here. Hey, Ray Park was in it. So Ray Park was in I it. I give it a pass, you know, yeah. And Antonio Banderas and Lucy Law Or... Lucy Lou? Lucy Lou, not Lucy Lawless. That would have made it better. <laughs> she started going... Yee, 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 and, uh, <laughs> Just throwing her chakra or whatever yeah, it was called. Yeah, chakra or something yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is kind of like um, every uh, Hills Have Eyes hillbilly slasher movie, the mm-hmm. uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, kind of those things. But instead, you're watching it from the hillbilly side, mm-hmm. and how the, the the people, the kids, the teenagers that are getting slaughtered are actually it's their own fault that they're getting killed and and like the the bad guys aren't really bad guys it's all a big misunderstanding it's kind of interesting yeah. it's funny it's on it netflix out. you get a, oh well, well when they get it back you yeah. get your netflix back right now it's uh how to commission yeah but uh no, yeah i'm always on the lookout for interesting stuff like that it sounds <laughs> cool yeah cuz who else am i going to have to talk about with that stuff I, no almost no one else i know <laughs> has that kind of particular taste of Watching weird stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I usually like to watch some, some strange out there stuff. So, well, it has been an hour, man. It went by quick. I, I was, yeah. that is awesome, dude. I, I'm glad that uh, you could come on, and I definitely would love you to come on again. And when we have yeah, a, a bigger panel, you should you should totally uh, join us. Yeah, should have you, a roundtable discussion and discuss <laughs> whatever travesty we or you know or what. Gem. As soon as, as Deadpool comes out, I'm definitely going to have you come talk about that. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw that new trailer, and I'm like, ah, oh, they just they got to stop doing this. So, like, I want to see it now. Yes, right? It's oh. like, it's, yeah, like, don't show any more. That's good. <laughs> we only got a couple of extra scenes, really, but, I mean, that's, like, I, I want to yeah, <laughs> take, take it all in. <laughs> Just let it wash over me. Exactly. Let it be new and, and awesome when I watch it on the big screen. So, uh, do you have uh, social media that you want to promote? Uh, I don't have any Twitter, Instagram, Pentagram, anything like that at the moment. <laughs> um, I'm considering it, I guess. Twitter, maybe. Some people might care about what I have to say someday. There you go. Um, if I run for public office, I might be in trouble. <laughs> Um, but no, right? I'm. I mean, I'm on Facebook, John Camarena. You can look me up. My picture doesn't match what I currently look like, but most of you probably won't know that anyway. <laughs> hey, mine's mine's a picture of Shia LaBeouf. So. Yeah, <laughs> is it him dancing with Maddie Ziegler or no. eating popcorn watching his own movies? Or I I should change it to that. No, it's <laughs> it's from his sketch on uh, on uh, Saturday Night Live where he does the. Magic. Oh, the unicorn shirt. Yeah, the okay, unicorn yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that was uh, great. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. that sketch. Uh, 
but yeah, if there, I mean, if 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 you want to find him and you want to talk to him, he's on MySpace or MySpace. <laughs> well, I don't even know where that came from. He can, wow. He's on Facebook. But uh, you can always talk to him on Geek Elite Radio. Yeah, it's really turning around after Timberlake bought it. Yeah, so. <laughs> did he? Is it? Yeah. Did Tim, Justin Timberlake buy MySpace? I think he did, but probably just for the servers, really, more than anything. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, they're there. I might as well use them for my own nefarious purposes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, on the Geek Elite Radio Facebook, he's there usually talking, giving out information, and, and participating in the discussion. So Correcting the uh, blatant mistakes that have to do with Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I just remembered. It's Sheen style. That's Form 5. Ah, yeah. okay. Form 5 is Sheen style. If I think about it long enough, or rather if I go off topic long enough, it'll, pop it, in it'll come back. Yeah, it's just, uh, I live near a lot of... Like agriculture fields, I'm sure I sniffed a few chemicals in my day. <laughs> uh, and uh, as always, you can uh, find me on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio, and Geek Elite Radio on Facebook and geekeliteradio.com is our website. But until next time, this has been Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Radio Network. One thing before oh, we go. Oh, 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 before we go. <laughs> I know you usually ask this, so I thought of this ahead of time. Oh, I forget. Yes, you're yes. right. Okay. Yes. Sorry, John. That's yeah, okay. What is your useless superpower? All right. I thought about this long and hard, and I came to the conclusion that my useless superpower would be to always be able to tell who dealt it. <laughs> oh. I've been in many situations where the issue has come up. And I'm like, oh, if I knew who it was, that get that bastard. <laughs> that would have to be it. But then that would make it useful. It would. Because, it'd be pretty useful. Yeah, but for the most part, it'd just be like, oh, it was you again. You know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. More often than not, you're gonna be like, like a little I more know fiber, please, you know? <laughs> for my sake. Ah, uh, I like it. But, you know, it's still. I mean, it's still kind of useless because what are you gonna do after that point? After you find out who it is. Are you really going to go and retaliate? Yeah, no. <laughs> Can't really, I mean. And plus, once people find out you can, like, it probably create a lot of tension and drama. It's true. Yeah, so. But see, that's the thing, too. I'd be able to tell if they dealt it within my vicinity anywhere else. <laughs> so if they went away, I was like, I still know you did it. <laughs> Can't hide it from me now. It's Just in there. Get, it's, it's in the banks. Yeah, yeah I know. It's Wow. I imagine like a cerebro type situation where I put on the helmet and just a collection of like shadow asses floating around pinpoint them, yeah. I like it. I like it. That's that's pretty good, John. So, uh well, what what can you say after that other than geek out? We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs>